We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Farrell on the bench with you with Carver High on Sports Grid Radio. Sirius 204, Mightier 1090, Sports Map Radio, Sports Byline. Good to have you with us. Uh, I wanted to 844-843-6879, the number to get on the bench. Wax up. Talk about Indiana tonight losing. I gave you Purdue today, Carver High on Coast to Coast against my alma mater down in Bloomington at Assembly Hall as the governor was calling the game, Tim Brando. With Donnie Marshall doing the game tonight, but the Boilermakers uh, handled their business. 81-69, they beat Indiana. Purdue was hot uh, early from three, and they just did whatever they had to do. They made six of their first seven threes, and then um, they made just five of their last ten. But when you make, you know, six of seven out of the gates, you got a lead. It's it's on. And then uh, they let Purdue go to the line too much. And I thought uh, they got down, I think it was 40 to 36 at the half. And then they got it to 50 to 49, but they struggled to score down the stretch. Indiana went five minutes without a bucket. And Purdue turned a four-point lead into a big lead of 11 points. They finish him off 81-69, as I mentioned. Williams had a big game for Purdue. Trace Jackson Davis led the Hoosiers with 25, but it didn't matter. And I got to tell you, I just, you know, I know they're eight and six, and now nine and five Purdue. Neither one of them matter, to be honest with you. But I thought Purdue looked a lot better than Indiana. And I got to say, again, Carver, I've had this conversation with you. I'm just not going to stop until I see something different than the crap that Archie Miller's putting out there uh, on a you know nightly basis and a seasonal basis. You can't even argue with me that he hasn't done anything but lose at Indiana. This guy has gone to Bloomington. He looks like the part. He's got the whole clean cut thing going. Like he's got the whole crew. They're all dressed alike. They look like a machine, except they don't play like one. If they didn't have Trace Jackson, they would lose every game they play because they literally, the rest of the team, they got three Mr. Basketballs on that team. None of them play. Leal plays a little bit. He sucks too. I mean, that team sucks. They're terrible. They're not going anywhere. I don't care what anybody says. He's done an awful job in Bloomington. You can't even argue with it. They abused Tom Crean in Bloomington and in the Big Ten and in the national media. And I don't argue with the fact that he was average, but he took him to tournaments and he won Big Ten titles. He did. He, he went to Sweet 16s. He went and won the Big Ten. He had success there, but it's never good enough in Bloomington. But they got this guy now, and I'd rather have his cheating brother. At least his brother wins. I think Archie sucks, man. Like, I wanted him when he got the job. I was like, this is great, Archie Miller. Look what he's done at Dayton. Dayton? 
He should go back there. I've said that 15 times. Indiana sucks. My God, I can't even watch him. If they didn't have that Jackson kid, they'd have nothing at all. Not, there's not one guy on the team that can put the ball in the hole. They can't shoot. They suck. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates. I mentioned Sirius XM 204, the new sports grid radio network on satellite radio, badass style. And of course, Mightier 1090 in San Diego, all of Southern California, up and down the coast to the Canadian Rockies from Baja. What up? So Cali. And then uh, sports map, byline. It's all happening. This Carver High knows it's all happening. And I just wanted to say today, uh, Carver High, I don't know if you knew this or not. I went on Mad Dog Radio on Sirius. And I went on with the morning men, Evan Cohen and my guy, Mike Babchick. I knew Babs when he was in diapers. I said that today on the show. I knew him when he was a, a young little uh, whippersnapper running around the hallways of Sirius when I was on the Howard Stern channels, trying to get his uh, foot in the door, trying to get on the air, doing anything, producing on multiple channels. He was doing like NFL. He was doing everything. You name it, he did it. NBA, he, he was everywhere. This kid, he was all over the place. He wanted it bad. He was like Mafia, right? So Mafia and, and he were about the same age. I think Mafia, you know... I, my guess is they're about the same age. All I know is Mavia came out of Seton Hall and got an internship with me and then uh, eventually uh, became full-time producer and executive producer of the show over the years. He's been with me like 17 years now. But I knew this guy, uh, Babs, when he was uh, very young and trying to make it in the business. And now he's made it, and he's done really well for himself. I couldn't be happier for him. He's a cool dude. Uh, I remember him for sure. And I told him that today. We joked around a lot on the uh, show, on their show. And uh, it was great. I got to talk about Chris Russo. I was talking about all those guys uh, that worked there. JT the Brick works there. I know a bunch of guys that worked there. But uh, it was great going on there. It was very funny. And we promoted the hell out of Sports Grid. So it was kick-ass. We got a lot going on here today. Tim Graham from The Athletic is coming up next. Nuggets by 11 over the Warriors at the half in the Mile High City. We'll keep our eyes on that one. And uh, while I'm at it, I might as well uh, check that other one. Uh, it's Pacers, 59-36, kicking the Blazers' ass in Rip City. And they played last night, and Dame had a big game, 40 and, and change, and dimes left and right. But you, you got to turn around and face Sabonis. Have fun with that. Right now, all Pacers. And that uh, Nuggets game at the half in Denver, I just wanted to give you a real quick uh, update on that. As far as Steph, he's got 18. And then you got multiple guys in double figs already. Green with 10, Murray 10, Barton 11, Millsap 10 for Denver. And real fast, Oilers up 4-2 on the Canucks. I know McDavid's got a hat trick. Sharks 2-1 on the Coyotes in the third. Ducks and Knights 2-2 in the second. Wild Kings, ones in the second. Caps beat the Sabres by a pair. Bruins in a shootout, 3-2. Hey, Carver High, real quick, how about my buddy, 
What do you win? Ten grand on the Bruins winning A in a shootout, he bet. That was yep. good for four grand. And then another six grand on them uh, winning on the money line outright. How about that guy? Yeah, huge win. The Bruins were up most of that game. Devils tied it up. Then a shootout win. Your boy made out good tonight. He, he made fat bank. Islanders 4 zip over the Rangers. Carver High watched the entire game with a can of Bud Light on his head and no pants on. Canes 3 nothing over the Red I Wings. Wish. And Predators 3-1 over the Jackets. I hit that. Uh, Jets, you had that one overtime. They beat the Flames 4-3. So I hit the Predators, Canes, Islanders, Bruins, Capitals. And I'm riding the uh, Kings, Knights. I'm losing the Coyotes, and I'm losing the Canucks tonight uh, after the Oilers got their ass beat last night. Tim Graham is with The Athletic, and he's a great friend of the show, great writer, great sportsman. A leader of men, family man. He's got it all going. He lives in the below. He's got to be jacked up with his boy Carver High to watch the Bills. He admits, I think, that he's a fan, even though he's covered the team for a long time and, and covered the AFC East even longer. And uh, he's getting ready for a divisional playoff game Saturday night in the below. What a game. Lamar and Allen. Tim, Happy New Year. Good to have you on the bench. Let me ask you, first of all, uh, Josh Allen, his love affair with Lamar Jackson is is awesome, uh, that he respects him that much for everything they've both been through, trying to win a playoff game, getting to this point in their careers. I got to tell you, I, it's refreshing to see a guy just give love to the guy that he's going to war with on Saturday night. I'm not used to that. I'd rather, you know, just play the game and then tell everybody how much you love him. I don't know about all this love before the game. Josh Allen's like that. And, and it's not just uh, Lamar Jackson. It's Sam Darnold. He is, he's really tight with Sam Darnold. Um, I don't know if it's really those guys for all from that uh, 2018 draft class. Um, but these guys all work out together in the summers. Now they have the same passing instructors uh, they get together, you know, it, these guys like each other and they have histories from even before they, they take their first NFL snaps, uh, everything that they do with the, um, uh, you know, the, their personal coaches that they get for their combine training and the different, uh, you know, all the drills that uh, they go in these, uh, these programs that they sign up for. So they know how to answer questions uh, wisely. Um, there's all kinds of grooming that these guys get before they even uh, join the NFL uh, and I think they, they've crossed paths so many different times that uh, they get to be buddies. And, uh, yeah, so this is uh, – we've, we've heard this in Buffalo before. Josh Allen is – he and, he and Darnold are tight. They share an agent also. And so, yeah, this is uh, – and, and, and isn't it the – isn't it really the, um, you know, like the Lou Holtz school of, you know, talking, you know, making sure that your opponent doesn't have anything to be pissed off about heading into the game. You know, he was always talking up Navy. You know, we really got a tough one against Navy this week. Uh, I, I just don't know how we're going to stop them. And you'd roll your eyes. And that's, you know, you just throw bouquets at your opponent. And uh, it's, it's uh, I think it's a little bit of sports psychology. I think that Navy's coming in here. They've had a terrific, uh, you know, they run that triple option. They've been fantastic, especially on Saturdays in South Bend. Whenever they come here, it's sensational. Anyway, so let me ask you, um, Josh. I probably should have used Air, Air Air Force would have been a better one for me instead of Navy. I agree with you. I should have uh, I should have gone with Air Air Force. 
So your boy, uh, Alan, the improvement uh, from like even last year to this year is so dramatic. His completion percentage, his running, his arm, his decision making, his handling of the blitz is so glaring to us. Uh, Obviously, Carver High uh, watches it more closely as a diehard fanatic Bills Mafia but I watch it too as a better. I think the guy's turned into a freak. I, I just think he's gotten so good. Yeah, his completion percentage is up 16 points from his rookie year, and it's up 10 points from last season. So he's at 69% right now. And a lot of that, I think, is attributed to Stefan Dix and his presence on the team. Um, you know, he's that good, and he is allowing Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, to uh, do all kinds of things in the passing game. You know, I was talking with somebody else earlier today, and it just, you know, dawned on me that the Bills' idea of a balanced attack, usually in, in football it's, you know, uh, your run and your pass. You know, you try to get to 50-50 or, you know, even 70-30 is considered a probably a balanced uh, offensive attack. When the Bills talk balanced offense, it's, passing the ball to all the different receivers and getting the ball dispersed all the way around, spreading the ball to, you know, Dawson Knox is the tight end, Gabriel Davis, the rookie. You know, these guys are all playing important parts. Of course, Stephon Diggs, though, uh, he's the guy that allows all these other guys, all these other receivers to get open. Cole Beasley, um, you know, it's, uh, he's really unlocked a lot with the offense. And that's where I think that uh, Josh Allen, uh, a big chunk of his uh, evolution has come with having a, a receiver like Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is so good that the Bills have forgotten, or at least Bills fans, a lot of them, have forgotten about John Brown, who was their number one receiver last year. And John Brown's been injured a couple of times this year, and when he's not in the lineup, you don't even notice it. Um, you know, Stephon Diggs picks up the slack and then some, uh, and defenses just have, so, have to pay so much attention to him uh, that uh, everybody else gets a little open, a little bit more open. And so... Uh, you know, Josh Allen's really benefited from that. Um, so it's a, it's a stew of reasons. I think Brian Dable is off uh, in his play calling, Stephon Diggs, and just the, the evolution of being a 24-year-old in the NFL uh, and working with uh, Jordan Palmer, his, um, his uh, personal passing uh, coach. Um, they've, uh, they, they've been able to hit on some things that have turned him into an elite NFL quarterback and MVP contender. Is Dable uh, going to be out of there and get a job this next season, or is he going to, do you think, stick for one more in Buffalo? Do you think his time is now? Yeah, you know, I think so. Um, how, good of an inter- how, how good of an interview does he give? I'm not sure. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's a really smart guy, but he's been given uh, the opportunity to be an offensive coordinator before in his fizzle. You know, he, he with Cleveland, with Miami, he's obviously caught lightning in a bottle here, and you want to ride that if you're uh, Brian Dable because you don't get a lot of these chances too often, um, you know, to be able to just pick and choose. Um, you know, Josh Allen and, and all these things that we just talked about, this stew, you know, that that's the thing that should loft him uh, into these conversations. He's getting a lot of interviews, um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see as these as these jobs get filled. All right, so uh, we'll come back and break down uh, the game with the Ravens uh, with Tim Graham of The Athletic. Uh, It's going to be incredible. 
in Buffalo on Saturday night. Again, of the four games, I think this is the best game. I thought the Colts-Bills was going to be the best game last weekend, and it was. Get on the bench. We're talking to Tim Graham, getting ready for the big game in the B-Lo. We're talking to Tim Graham of The Athletic about the Bills and Ravens. Uh, so here you go. I, I think McDermott's been unbelievable. This team, uh, I've said on the show, on the TV side this week on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid that uh, the cream rises. And I just feel like, you know, Kansas City and Buffalo are the two best teams in the AFC. That's just all there is to it. Uh, do you think I'm crazy? No, not at all. I, I think that you could mention Tennessee in that list only because, you know, Tennessee had manhandled the Bills earlier in the season, but we don't have to talk about them anymore. I mean, you really don't. And uh, and I thought I thought the Ravens handled them. You know, after they were up 10, they never did another thing the rest of the game. The Ravens' defense up front with Campbell and company, absolutely Sid Vicious. I thought they were fantastic. I thought Humphreys was great in the backside. Uh, what did you think of that Baltimore defense last week that you're going to see Saturday night? Well, I think they're fantastic and they're well-rounded. Uh, there's so much that they can do. And the Bills are one-dimensional. And we talked about uh, Brian Dable in the last segment and how great Stephon Diggs has been. But the Bills are a passing offense. And uh, they've had trouble with their running game all season. Uh, and then uh, subtract their best running back, Zach Moss, uh, who had been uh, handling most of the workload and getting the tough yardage uh, when they need it. Uh, he suffers a season-ending injury uh, last week. And uh, so now it's to Devin Singletary, who's been a disappointment this year, um, just hasn't been able to get much traction at all. He finished the season with a, a team-leading 687 yards. But he doesn't... Uh, He's, he just doesn't do anything that's, that's impressive. You know, he averaged 4.4 yards a carry, ho-hum. Uh, he can do a few things out of the backfield, 38 catches, ho-hum. Um, you know, he's really, if the Bills need the run game, whether it's to uh, work, work the clock down you know, late in the game or what have you, and, you know, Devin Singletary, I just don't know if he's the guy. And that's why the Bills uh, have, have been looking at free agents, trying to find guys. Uh, you know, Devontae Freeman, they signed him this week uh, as insurance, uh, just signed him off the street. Um, so, yeah, I think that the Ravens' defense against the Bills' offense, as dynamic as all those players are in the Bills' passing game, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna get after it. You know, a guy like Matt Juden, you know, who's uh, – he can – a ton of quarterback hits. 21 quarterback hits. I looked it up earlier today for Juden. He leads the Ravens. Jerry Hughes on the other side, 11, led the Bills, half as many. So, you know, I think that, yeah, I think that that Ravens defense is so comprehensive uh, that, uh, that they can take away all different types of things from the Bills, and it's going to come down to uh, good old Wink Martindale, a name I just love to say, and, uh, and how he decides to draw up a game plan unless he totally steps on a rake uh, I think that the Bills are going to have a tough game. I think the Bills are going to win, but I think that the Ravens' defense is 
uh, is going to be maybe the best, uh, probably the best unit on the field. Do you think, uh, Tim Graham with us from The Athletic, uh, do you think that, because uh, I said this today as well on the TV show, that I think that, you know, with Singletary and with Freeman, I, I, I they both suck. I, I want Josh Allen running the ball. If they're going to run it all and he breaks out of that pocket and takes off running, every time he does it, he gets 8 to 10 yards. I think he's their best runner, and I'm not even kidding. No, you're not. You're no, no. It's that's entirely. That's absolutely true. And um, you know what it comes down to is this is the playoffs, and the Bills throughout the regular season have tried to eliminate Josh Allen running the ball as much as possible because he is so good at it, and he does have such good instincts with it. They're just trying not to get him uh, all the different uh, extra hits that you get when you're a running quarterback like that. He didn't need to run, but now that it's the postseason, it's all bets are off. And uh, which is exactly what we saw last year when the Bills went into the playoffs against uh, the Texans. Uh, Josh Allen hadn't run hardly at all. And then all of a sudden they get into the playoffs and he's running all over the place. So that is definitely a weapon that the Bills are going to use, much like, you know, the Ravens doing it uh, the other way around, you know, vice versa. It'll be Lamar Jackson tucking and running uh, as their uh, main uh, running threat, although Dobbins has been on a hell of a run. Uh, what a tear, I think, what is it, seven straight games of the touchdown for him. But um, but I, I do think that this is going to be a game of running quarterbacks. And uh, so if that's your thing, you know, saddle up because it's going to be a hell of a game. Listen, uh, look, I think uh, this guy, Jackson, breaks ankles. He's a, he's a nightmare. Like, if I'm Sean McDermott right now, I'm, I can't even sleep getting ready for this guy, and he's such a freelancer, whereas I think Allen drops back, he sees the pressure, he steps up, and then he takes off. This other guy, uh, you never know when he's just going to start spinning, breaking ankles, uh, popping left, popping right, like Barry Sanders moves. He's so unbelievable. And then he was able to mix in the cocktail of the throw last week. He threw one bad pass that got picked by Butler, but he threw some nice, clean passes in that game. You combine that sandwich of his arm with that uh, ability on the foot. I mean, this guy is still a pimp. I mean, he is dangerous. If the Bills don't swarm him and gang tackle him, they'll be in for a long night on their stadium uh, turf. Yeah, the Bills average 4.6 yards allowed per rush this year. Um, now that's uh, 26th. It was 26th in the NFL in terms of yards given up per running play. The thing that's dangerous about Baltimore, and I saw Bill Parcells give this breakdown in a story that I read earlier this week. I'd give credit to the writer if I could remember exactly where I saw it. But Bill Parcells' point was this, that the Ravens have – a triplicate of uh, rushing uh, ability uh, that they can throw at you. Number one is the power run, and that's just turning and handing off to J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and you know Mark Ingram, if you want to throw him in there too. He's been a disappointment this year. But the Ravens can just give it to their running backs and be, and be pretty good. Number two, you have that run-pass option stuff where Lamar Jackson can decide whether or not he's going to keep it or if he's going to hand it off. And then you have when the Ravens throw – 
those are still run plays because Lamar Jackson can just run it anyway. So no matter what, it's a run play for the Ravens. And then sometimes out of these run plays, they'll throw it. Um, And so the Bills as a run defense, uh, they're going to be confused. Now, here I said that the Bills are going to win this game. They're my prediction. But here we are talking it up. And I'm giving the Ravens uh, a lot of love. Um, And now maybe I'm starting to doubt myself. But I do think that the Bills uh, overall are the better team. Uh, because of what they can do offensively, because they can light it up in a hurry. Um, and they do have a very opportunistic defense in that um, they, they are ball hawks. They come up with plays. Um, they they force the, the occasional fumble. And it seems and it, the, the interception, the pick six, they've been scoring on defense over the last month and a half, which is something that the rankings aren't going to show because they were so – they were, they were not a good defensive team for about the first seven, eight weeks of the season. So if you take a look at their rankings, you're going to say, eh, whatever. And I'm talking, and with the exception of run defense, which I quoted the stat earlier, they, they still haven't been great against the run. But overall, as a defense, as a scoring defense, they're not giving up points. They're winning the turnover battle. Um, they're ma- game-breaking type plays. Um, they're able to do that. And they have, uh, you know, they have players – you know, four or five players on defense that are capable of doing that at any given time. So they're playing with a lot of confidence. And, um, you know, the Ravens had to, had to scratch their way into the playoffs, but maybe that helps them too. You know, the fact that these guys are, they use the phrase battle tested. Uh, they've been surviving and advancing for, for two months now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a hell of a, hell of a game. I would love to see the Bills uh, play uh, at Arrowhead in the AFC Championship game next week. I think it'd be great for football. Uh, Don't forget, Tim does the Tim Graham and Friends podcast. He's uh, also writing for The Athletic. He's incredible. Uh, I got one minute respectfully. What do you think Buffalo is going to be like on Saturday night? I know only 6,000 and change get to go to the stadium. I know a lot of them uh, are probably bummed out about that. But what's the city like? Well, in the state of New York, uh, it's uh, 10 o'clock curfews at the bars uh, that the governor and uh, the different lawmakers have held down. So bad draw for Bills fans to end up with the primetime game. Bills fans have been complaining about lack of respect for so many years and, and getting just the one primetime game a year, like Thursday night, where everybody gets to play on Thursday night. Well, now they're playing on Saturday night, and uh, they're going to have to sit home with Meemaw and uh, Uncle Joe uh, and watch the game. <laughs> Uh, rather than being with your buddies. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be maybe a little tempered. Um, but uh, I think that uh, the rating is uh, is going to be through the roof. Let's put it that way. All right. Hey, uh, great stuff, Tim. Enjoy the game. Let's cross our fingers for the Bills. Uh, you deserve it. And uh, Carver High deserves it. A lifelong suffrage train that you've been riding. It's time for the Bills uh, to get into the AFC Championship game. I'd love to see them get to the Super Bowl. Always a pleasure to get you on the bench, brother. We'll get you on the uh, TV side on Coast to Coast soon. Uh, Enjoy the game Saturday night. Good talking to you. Happy New Year. Always enjoy being on with you, Scotty. Happy 2021. You too, Carver High. All right, there you go. Tim Graham, legend. Uh, Tim Graham and Friends podcast and The Athletic. You can check out Tim's stuff. Just look him up, and uh, I think you'll dig his work. Uh, how about this one? Vegas and uh, the Ducks tied at twos on the ice in Sin City. We got our eyes on everything going on. Late night NBA, NHL, college rack.
I don't know if you knew this or not, Carver High, but um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the Chiefs' sensational rookie running back, he did not work out on uh, Thursday. He's got an ankle. Sammy Watkins has a calf. Rookie linebacker Willie Gay, an ankle. Tight end uh, Deion Yelder, a groin. They were all unable to practice. He suffered, Hilaire, the ankle injury week 15, missed the final two weeks of the regular season. If he can't play... The Chiefs will rely on Le'Veon Bell, Darrell Williams, and Darwin Thompson. And uh, Watkins had game his second straight day of practice. Yelder sat out uh, after being limited Wednesday. Watkins' continued absences place his availability for Sunday's game in doubt. If he can't play, Demarcus Robinson, who has a back problem, uh, Nicole Hardman, uh, Byron Pringle will need to step up alongside Tyreek Hill. Watkins suffered the calf injury week 16, didn't play week 17. Cornerback uh, Rashad Fenton, foot and ankle, returned to practice on a limited basis. He sat out Wednesday, came back today. They got Bell Robinson, Remmers a back, Ben Neiman a hammy, uh, Derek Nadi a knee, cornerback Watts a concussion, practiced fully for a second straight day, so that's better news. And really, the... Uh, Browns don't have much. Tight end Steven Carlson, a groin, added to the injury report. Tackle Conklin, a hamstring knee. B.J. Goodson, a shoulder to the linebacker. Tight end David Njoku, a hammy, missed a second consecutive day of practice. Miles Garrett's got a shoulder. Sheldon Richardson, a neck. J.C. Treader, the center, and guard uh, Wyatt Teller, ankles. I mean, it sounds, Carver High, like both of these I mean, teams are all kinds of banged up. I mean, honestly, sounds like you got uh, you're going to spend the whole – uh, Dr. Chow segment tomorrow on Coast to Coast talking about the Chiefs and the Browns with the laundry list of names that you're reading off here. Jeez, is anybody playing? I mean, honestly, I had no idea that the injury list on both of these teams was like Santa Claus's uh, gift list. And the Chiefs haven't played a real game in like a month. And they, and they still have a list like this. Ow! I mean, that is crazy. Now, they say that they want to come out and uh, jump on the Browns. They don't want to start slow. Do you believe that with all those problems I just rattled off, that Tyreek Hill and Mahomes can, frankly, uh, Hardman will help, Kelsey will help. Do you think the three of them can get it done and, and put up big numbers and cover that 10 spot? Listen, you put Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Kelsey out there, and they'll be just fine. That's all Mahomes needs. He just needs Hill and Kelsey out there. Anybody, any other hacks out there, you know, they'll chip in too. But as long as he's got those two guys, that dude is styling. So uh, Cooper Cup's banged up uh, for the Rams going into that game at Lambeau. Uh, do you give them and Goff starting, and they don't really have a backup for, for the most part. Goff's got to get it done. No Cooper Cup. He's got Woods. I I just don't like the way he looks, Goff, the way he's throwing the ball. I know they gave him all this praise last week when he came in, but they didn't even want to play him because they didn't think his thumb was ready. Then they did play him. Then they gave him all this credit. You don't seriously think he's going to be able to go into Lambeau and go off and beat the Packers? No, I think this is a very, very tough task for the Rams 
on Saturday. It, it just is. Like, even if their defense slows down Green Bay a little bit, like, let's say they held them to the low 20s, which I think would be fair. Can the Rams score that much? Now, they did last week against Seattle. I don't think that the Green Bay D is that much better than the Seahawks D. It's going to be here, – here, what it is, it's Akers. Is Akers going to have another game? Because Akers was a huge reason why the Rams built that lead in the first half last week. Is he going to be able to have a game? That's what it's all about for them. I don't trust golf. I don't trust him at all. Yeah, I really don't uh, trust him. And um, it's just going to be crazy to see how they do. All right, so tell me about this late goal uh, that the Desert Dogs got with three seconds left. They actually, yeah, Phil Kessel ties it up. Three seconds to go for the Desert Dogs. They actually, Scotty, scored two goals in the last five minutes. They were down 3-1. They get a couple of goals. They go to overtime. Not sure if it's uh, gone to the shootout yet or if anybody has won that. See, I, I was it's 3-3, about a minute left in overtime. So I know that you were on the Yotes tonight. I was on the over, and I needed that late Yote goal to push it over the 5.5. So I don't really care who wins at this point. I hope the Yotes win for you. I got the over 5.5 on that three-second left goal. Let's go. I love that. You love betting those totals. Ducks and Knights going to the third tied at twos. How about the Kings? We made fun of them today that they have absolutely – even Dennis Bernstein was on the show saying – on Coast to Coast saying they are playing with like a high school team. They have no talent at all. They're up 3-1 on the wild uh, with about 10 seconds left in the second. They got to finish them off in the third, see if they can get it done. And the Oilers checked in 5-2. Your boy, uh, Connor McDavid, with his seventh career hat trick. I told you the Jets beat the Flames in overtime. Do you want me to give you a um, an overtime winner? Uh, Patrick Liney with the overtime winner for the Jets. Uh, their superstar stepping up Carver High. Liney had a couple of goals for them tonight. Uh, there's talk of him being traded. If I'm Winnipeg, I keep him. I know they don't want to pay him the money that he's going to be asking for. But big night for line. I like the Jets a lot. I really do. I think that they're a touch better than Calgary and Edmonton. Uh, not a lot of people. I think people are sleeping on them a bit here in this all-Canadian division. Yeah, and uh, no second Marshall show with the goals for uh, Vegas. They were up one nothing, up 2 nothing, And then uh, Comtos scored twice for the Ducks to tie that game up in Vegas, and I've had my eyes on that one. Now, as far as the NBA goes, uh, it's 81-74 Nuggets, a really good game right now in the Mile High City with about three minutes left in the third, and they get another bucket now, 83-74 Nuggets. Uh, That's a good one. Pacers still up 11 on the Blazers in Rip City with – uh, just under 11 minutes left in that game. I wanted to give you an idea of who's going up in that one. Uh, Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon has 22, including two threes. Sabonis and Turner, 10 apiece. Uh, Holiday, they got both Holidays. Um, and one of them's in double figures. Justin Holiday in double figures with 11. And then uh, Aaron Holiday uh, has six. McDermott, Doug McDermott has 13 for the Pacers. On the other side, 22 for C.J. McCollum, 17 for Dame Time. So there you go. And then I told you earlier, Sixers blew out the heat. 
Raptors by three over the Hornets. Hornets covered for me. Rockets covered for me. 109-105. Christian Wood had 27. He went off for the Rockets. They looked like they were hungry tonight without James Harden there. I double order! Oh, the double order of onions. Did you hear that? Look, uh, they're saying that linebacker coach D'Amico Ryans is going to get Salah's job with the Niners as defensive coordinator. Now, I don't know. I, I've been looking for this thing all night here, trying to find it, and of course I can't. But I don't know if you knew this or not, but, like, KD was going at it with some people tonight about, uh, you know, the Nets and about uh, Kyrie and about On social Harden. media again? On social media he's fighting with people again? Yeah, he uh. was tweeting. And he was like... Um, Somebody was arguing with him about, you know, he said, like, bruh, I mean, this is what I saw. So I don't have it in front of me, but I know this is what he said, basically, not, maybe not word for word, but this is what he said. He's like, listen, bruh, do you seriously think I'm going to sit here and argue with you about what I've accomplished in my career? Like, you're some fan. Shut up. He's like, no one cares what you think. You got no say. You got no bones in this. You don't know Jack. He's like, are you kidding me? Do you know who I am? <laughs> He's like, my whole life, I don't get no respect. No respect from anyone. I can't believe you found the clip of him talking there. As my whole life, I don't get no respect. Night. No respect from anyone. I mean, that is unbelievable that you were able to find that. He said, like. Because you know his numbers are so staggering, what he's accomplished in the NBA. His his stats are just freak of nature stuff, right? And uh, I just think it's incredible. And, and then he's fighting with fans. Here it is. I found it finally. Oh, my God. Here we go. Um, it's going to sound crazy to say this is the fan. But I don't think there's any real pressure on Harden to win a title. Fans already know what he is. He's just a great individual scorer. And then your boy, Easy Money Sniper, said, this narrative is tired, my G. You think we have to prove to random people who've been watching us for a decade that we're good at basketball? And the guy's like, legacy already solidified to real basketball minds. But to average fans, they still want to see y'all lead without the stacked deck. And then Easy Money Sniper Durant said, you're just an average fan. <laughs> and if you don't know, now you know. Yeah. Now, that is unbelievable that um, at the end of that argument, he busted out Biggie. And if you don't know, now you know. Hang yeah. hang hang D. And you can hang a hang a hang a big fat D. <laughs> you can have yourself a big fat D. I like Snoop Dogg and Dre better. And, and, and I, I can't even sing it on the air. I'll get in so much trouble. And you can have a mean rant day. <laughs> you know what song I'm singing too, Carver. Uh, you know what's up. You know what's up. Oh, I wanted to give you, because I know how, how you get. I got to give you some of that West Coast love. Some of that uh, some of that So Cali Cal. I got you some of those West Coast games. You got you to gotta get it in, right? Arizona at the half, pimping Oregon State in Corvallis, 47-21 Wildcats. BYU down four at the half to St. Mary's, 29-25. Now, some of those games checked in. Colorado State ripped San Jose State. 
90 to 57. USC 95-68 over Washington. Eastern Washington, the Hawks 75-63 over Southern Utah. San Diego State lost by 12 at Utah State. Gonzaga by 25 over Pepperdine. San Francisco beat Portland 79-63 on the road. FAU back to Florida, upset FIU. They were laying five FIU. They lost by a bucket. Montana beat Northern Arizona 67-56. I don't think anybody's going to lose any sleep over that one. UCLA by 30 over Washington State. They jacked them. Pacific beat Santa Clara 79-58. Stanford lost at Utah by 14. Rado by 29 over Cal. How about the Buffs? I told you earlier, Purdue beat Indiana 81-69. Thank God I bet on Purdue. That's eight straight in that series. They just own the Hoosiers. They own their ass. Carver, high, betting heavily on hockey tonight. He's already got the account going. The Sharks win it in a shootout, 4-3. to three. And Ducks Knights going to the third. We'll keep our eyes on that late night NHL and NBA. Those two games going on on the bench. So, uh, apparently, uh, Fertitta, the owner of the Rockets, was uh, completely against trading Harden to the Sixers and Daryl Morey, right? So, Morey left Houston, went to Philly, tried to get his boy Harden into Philly, tried to trade him Simmons and, and a bag of donuts, and Fertitta was having none of it. And he owns the team, billionaire, casino owner restaurants, he's got it all. And he's just like, I'm not having it. We're not giving Maury that piece. So they traded him to the uh, Brooklyn Nets. He passed his physical. Harden, the Beard will have a press conference allegedly tomorrow at 1 o'clock east. That'll be interesting to watch. Do they play tomorrow night? uh, Are the Nets playing tomorrow night? No, they play uh, his first game. Uh, There's a huge slate of games tomorrow night, but they're not one of them. Uh, they play, I believe, uh, Saturday night uh, at home against the Magic. So there you go. And then as far as these games going on right now, 90-79 Denver on the Warriors, 10 minutes left. Pacers 89-75 on the Blazers, 7.5 minutes left. As far as Friday, Knicks, Cavs in Cleveland, Pelicans, Lakers in Lipstick City, Magic, Celts, Boston, Mavs Bucks game of the night in Brewtown on ESPN. Grizzlies T Wolves repeat of the other night. Grizzlies won that game. Same thing in Mini. Bulls Thunder in Oak City. Warrior Suns has been postponed. Hawks Jazz in the mountains. And Clippers Kings at Sacktown, Golden One. And then Hockey Friday. Pens, Flyers, Philly, Caps at Sabres, Hawks at Lightning again. They beat their ass 5-1 in the first game. Stars, Panthers postponed. Leafs are in Ottawa to see Murray and the Senators. Blues, Avs in Rado. All right, great job, Carver High. I'll see you tomorrow, 4 o'clock on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid TV and on Sirius XM and our radio affiliates. Sports Rage is next. Good night, peace.